connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter, at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, a podcast that has been coming to you live for more than 298 consecutive weeks. I am Ryan. With me always is Brad and James and Zach. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Antitrust with uh, Ryan Philippi. No, it's The Circle with Emma Emma Watson. And uh, stay tuned for the other podcast. We will be spoiling the movie and talking about the movie um we also will be really (laughs) we'll also be at denver comic-con this year we won't have a table but we will be walking around trying to secure some interviews which we will i'm going to use my in with george's jaunty like george's you got to tell people that we're cool and let us sit at their table while we interview them or we could just sit at the table next to George's. Jaunty. Yeah, can we sit at the end of your table, George's, and just interview people? Yeah, just throw stuff at people. That'd be awesome. We can also be like your glorified bodyguards. Ooh, can yeah. we just hang out with you? Yeah, yeah. is that cool? I don't you, actually want to do guys, anything. You guys can leave now. You ever wanted an entourage? No. <laughs> we also oh. talk about movies we've been watching, movie news, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and 4K. Yeah, yeah. So. More than 298 consecutive weeks. Wow. That's crazy. Which means our 300th episode, we'll be following our Guardians of the Galaxy episode, where we'll be review- revealing our 10 favorite films throughout the course of more than six years of podcasting. So I'm, I'm getting pretty close, but it sucks. Well, see, you know what? <laughs> you know what it's I, so you know, hard. I was going to cheat. I was like, I'm just going to pick my number one film for my film explosion <laughs> for six years. I'm like, fuck. No. <laughs> nope. Doesn't it doesn't work that way? No, <laughs> I had my list done weeks ago, and then I ran into somebody who reminded me of a movie that we'd watched, and I was like, <laughs> "Yep, that needs to be on there." So I'm back to the drawing board. So I I tried to do it the normal way, where I just write it out on paper, but like it was really hard to get a good website that had everything on it. So I ended up just going to Letterboxd and taking everything I've seen for those years and putting them into a new list. It's 454 <laughs> films long. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then I did my normal thing where I was like, well, I'll try to cull it down to just the stuff that might make a top 10 list. It was 45 films yep. that all deserve to be in a top 10. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, the only thing that would be worse is if I had to make a DVD with the trailers on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to suck for somebody. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> 
Yeah. It hasn't been, it honestly, it hasn't been that hard for me. Can, like, you I've can been, ask Zach. Oh, shut up. But, like, again, like, I, I, I kind of call my stuff down pretty quickly. Can so. you hand him his lemonade? Yeah, absolutely. This one? Yeah. Say thank you, Zach. <laughs> he, just, oh. he just smiles. He just, right. he just gives you that cute look. That's your reward. Yep. I, I, well, I, I, as handful I, of cute. <laughs> we can't talk about it, but I learned something about my life that I'm going to be seeing a lot of children smiles from the next uh-huh. couple of years. <laughs> um, so. Very cool. Well, I'm going to see if you guys pay attention to the show last week. I, mean, I don't. Obviously not, because we got fan mail. What? Fan mail? Fan mail! This is from Corinne. I teased this last week. Hey, nerds. No doubt you guys have talked about this before, but what do you think is the best movie of all time? You know, for us newer listeners who may have not heard it, you talked about it before. I'm curious to hear what movie each of you pick, your reasoning behind it, and how you define it best of all time. I imagine you guys would ask me what my choice would be. Well, I can't think of one. There are definitely movies out there, I would say, are great (laughs) movies, but not necessarily the greatest movie ever made. Yep, Space Gems. You have movies like The Princess Bride and The Lion King and that appeal to people of all ages and backgrounds. You have things like Citizen Kane and 2001 Space Odyssey that are, quote uh, parentheses, arguably ahead of their time from a technical standpoint and provides lots of opportunities for commentary. And then there's films like The Godfather and Star Wars that are uh, pervasive in our culture. You could that you she re- writes so well. And then I'm like, oh, I can't read right. um that you could probably give me a quote from each one of them even name a few of the characters even if you've never seen them uh-huh. so i'm putting this question that i find personally unanswerable to you guys <gasps> to see if you're in a similar predicaments or if you have a clear winner so she in can't even answer <laughs> yeah thanks hey Ren. we're supposed to be professionals yeah that's true we're supposed to be able to do what other people can't i'm sorry I which is why yeah i have i've put a lot of thought into this and um i think uh i think it's inherent vice <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding that was funny though no, I, I know. It's funny. We Zach and I talked about it on the drive home last week. Uh, and it is. It's a really impossibly difficult question mm-hmm. um, if it weren't for the fact that the answer is Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> um, because Raiders of the Lost Ark is the greatest movie ever made. Okay. You're going to have to explain it for Corinne. Okay. Well, um, have you seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? I have. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the greatest movie ever made. Um, no, I... I, I think it has to be that. It's really awesome. The action is cool. It's from the greatest director alive. Uh, it taught me what a villain should be. Uh, and it's tight. You know? Like, what? yeah. What else is it going to be? Because if you pick something that's, like, super dramatic and stupid, like, eh. What am I going to say? The third man? No. <laughs> I'm going to say you're close. You're very close. Wow. Uh, Brad, what do you Temple believe of is, Doom. is the greatest yeah. film of no, all it's, time? It's Last Crusade. Duh. Um, <laughs> no. Like, even though... Though, Last, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Little Einstein's is the greatest movie ever made. Um, why do it again to what mess it? with Brad. <laughs> <laughs> what was I? Gonna, what point was I gonna make? Um, uh, you were saying that I was close, but um, yeah. So last week I said like I still this can't be answered and shouldn't be answered. But mm-hmm. if I had to pick one, I believe it is just Star Wars. Because I don't think any other oh, movie shit. has transformed and seeped into the culture as much as Star Wars. Is yeah, you win. Yeah, it's Star Wars. So yeah, no, you're 100. It's revolutionized right. special effects. It's yeah, a massive fan base that's touched people's lives, set the standard, and will for touch what? people's lives from here on out. Yeah, uh-huh. um, set the standard for what it's transformed. Film. Release, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, the reason why everybody is so sensitive about the new ones or sensitive about the prequels is because they so desperately want to recapture that. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. It's Star Wars. You're right. Yeah. That makes the most sense. I think uh, it, it is an impossible question to answer. It really is. Because whenever you grow up, there is going to be a movie that defines what you believe is the greatest film of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can Star Wars is in the 70s. I could say, you know, it's a wonderful life, and you could say how that defined, even though it wasn't popular when it came out, did it define how movies and Christmas movies are celebrated? I think so. Yeah. Um, you could argument. say something like Wizard of Oz from the 30s, and that defined musicals going forward. And color. Films for that matter. And color. <laughs> you know, it's, so, yeah, I mean, Star Wars transcends pretty much all movies. I mean, but I mean the, the the truth is I mean it, it just goes to show how bad the question is. Star Wars the first one that we're talking about is also maybe the third best Star Wars movie. Right. Yeah. Like but and that's what I mean. So I mean cuz you ask me what the greatest film of all time is and it's so subjective because we enjoy films on so many different levels like when Zach was on the pod the other podcast last week uh, or I guess in February. The movies made me podcast. Yeah. Go check it out. <laughs> Uh, you know, for him, the greatest film of all time is going to be Jackie Brown. He's wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> that's what he believes. And people will say the snobs will say Citizen Kane, which I think is really bloated and overrated. Yeah. Well, nowadays they say Vertigo over Citizen Kane, which well, is I think Vertigo is a way better film. Uh, but, you know, to me, you know, I thought really hard about this. Everyone expects my answer to be Army of Darkness, which it is <laughs> to, a, to, to a point. Right. And when yeah. I say about a genre defining to me. I've told this story before on this podcast, and I'll tell it again for Corinne because she maybe hasn't heard it. Yeah. Um, the first Spider-Man with Sam Raimi, to me, is another defining moment in cinema because, one, it's my favorite director tackling my favorite character. Director tackling my favorite character. Got that right. Uh, but I'll never forget, I was working really early in the morning at Outback Steakhouse over in Denver West, and I saw Spider-Man the night before at uh, the Arvada at midnight. And it was sold out, and but you know back then midnight movies were they'd only show them at midnight. Yeah. So uh, you know you don't get a grasp of how big a movie is, and I'll never forget it was eight in the morning. I'm driving to work, and the line for Spider Man starts at the th- movie theater and goes all the way to like Bed Bath and Beyond, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that is just it, it, another movie that transcended and started, you know, the superhero stuff. Yeah, you can say X Men. But Spider-Man really catapulted it to. I think what X-Men is. opened the door for Spider-Man to kick it. Like, well, yeah, into full game. and I mean, if Spider-Man was the first movie that ever made over a hundred million dollars in one weekend, I mean, there's things that it broke and uh, proved you can make a movie with Spider-Man in a Spider-Man costume that people will respond to. Me personally, I think Army of Darkness is a great movie because it's inventive and funny and silly and goofy, mm. and it doesn't take itself seriously. Where where I have a hard time watching super serious movies unless I'm really into them. Um, yeah. So that's why I always love Army of Darkness because it's funny. Mm. We've missed one. Um, Blood Rage? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's um, not the cranberry sauce. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say Shawshank Redemption because I blindly follow IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's really good. You know what's funny? Actually, I was like... I. I Brad's probably right. It's Star, probably Star Wars, <laughs> but um, I think that's a really good answer. Yeah, that's a really good answer, honestly. But I would also make an argument for Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you know, I could make it. You know, 
like an argument for several other films. Like I, I couldn't even make an argument for Citizen Kane because of how ahead of its time it was. But <sighs> Citizen Kane's such a loaded. It, it is, <laughs> and, and, but too you can also say stuff like I, I. My favorite Hitchcock film is Psycho. Oh, right. Rebecca, but I mean Rebecca is a great film, but Psycho to me also was one of those movies that transcended time, where you're dealing with cross dressing, slashing, you know, all that other stuff that, and even the when Norman kills the cop at the top of the stairs, the camera movements. Oh God, that's uh, oh, such good. It's just uh, you know, so yeah, there's so many movies that define what a great movie is and that's an impossible question to right. answer but forget it ryan it's chinatown <laughs> no <laughs> don't you bring that those. dirt in here because <laughs> i was just going to make a comment about so what we're saying here is yeah steven spielberg most likely made the best movie of all time most likely <laughs> but, but yeah. maybe jaws jaws is a good jaws. one jaws is a good one too. jaws is a good one perfectly paced it's not um, a movie about a shark uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm Wizard of Oz is a really good one too. Actually, honestly, any a lot of stuff from 1939 actually could be considered oh, yeah. on that. Like, I mean, I, I, I would say Casablanca maybe is also a contender. Um, yeah. Let's put Gone uh, with the Wind on there while you're at it. Uh, no, not gonna do <laughs> if that. We're talking about classics and not the best movie ever, which is Star Wars. <laughs> 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 Does Star Wars have a scene where Humphrey Bogart shoots a Nazi and then his friend who was a Nazi sympathizer but then turns rogue says round up the usual suspects? Who do you it think does. Is, who it's do you think is specialized version? Yeah, who, who do you think is in all these uh in all those uh Stormtrooper outfits? Not Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> well, Indiana Jones makes a lot of Nazis regret their Nazis. Yeah, that's, that's true. also true. That's yeah. He shot a bunch of them straight through and they fell off the side of a tank. Yep. Yeah. If we were measuring this based on usage of the Wilhelm scream, Raiders of the Lost Ark wins. Yes. <laughs> or on the amount of Nazis that are killed on screen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is always a good way to do it. So, yeah. so Citizen Kane, not the greatest movie ever made no. because it did not kill any Nazis. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, Except for the ones that died of boredom watching it. That really what made them invade Poland? <laughs> I'd say Orson Welles is spinning in his grave, but he was probably too fat when he died to spin in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for writing in, Corinne. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough question. Yeah, sorry, the question is bad. Not bad. The, the question is, like, really hard to answer. It's loaded. Yeah. <laughs> like a gun. Yeah. Brad, what's happening around town? Uh, the drive-in is still holding over Power Rangers, Fate of the Furious, and Get Out until, until next that's week. That's a good set. <laughs> until May 4th, because I think they're probably going to switch it to Guardians. Um, I hope. So. But they haven't gotten Mar- – they didn't get Marvels any, any Marvels last year, so. They didn't. Really? But oh. they said until May 4th, and the only big thing coming out May 4th is so. – Unless it's snatched. Unless, they're, yeah. they're, they're getting the circle. Speaking yeah, of which, the Fantasy <laughs> Movie League pissed me off this week. I picked a movie that's per screen average like 23,000, and it didn't get the bonus, like How to Be a Latin Lover. Fuck that shit. What? Yeah. I thought it had the bonus yesterday? No. Yeah. No! <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. Hold this segment. <laughs> no, um, The Esquire, uh, their midnight for this week is Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> oh, I may have to go to that. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, <laughs> the Denex Film Festival at the Bug Theater is Thursday. 
Um, so check that out if you're not going to Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Is, is that something popular? Films. Yeah. Who knew? I'm so excited. I know. Yeah, fuck you, Brad. I try to be smart and like... Uh, Wait, so you didn't select? No, I chose the Indian movie. Which I was surprised you did. You well, <laughs> I do, but but in, in doing research, the last one had like a huge opening. Mm-hmm. And so I put in, and this one did too. It made like $10 million in like 500 screens. Yep. And it has 10,000 more per screen average than How to Be a Latin Lover. How the fuck does How to Be a Latin Lover get the bonus? That's bullshit. I didn't know that movie was actually coming out. I just assumed that it was going to disappear. But I was trying to do something, too, because I got to catch Joe. I know, right? And I can't, and now I'm even more fucked. Well, I almost And someone didn't fill theirs out. How am I doing? Yes, that, that is correct. I almost <laughs> loaded up on that one, but then I... I can't wait to have those tacos at the end of the season. <laughs> I read something that said, like, it opened at 7 a.m., and mm-hmm. so it's Thursday total. The reason it had, like, 4 million or whatever on the first day was mm-hmm. because it had all day to accumulate... Still $23,000. Zach, whatever you do, don't start playing, because if you start playing, I'll end up winning the tacos. If I start playing? Yeah. All you have to do is start playing, and you'll beat me. Do I want tacos, or do I want to not get shit? (laughs) That's tough. I mean, you're going to get shit no matter what you do. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That should be a factor. Yeah, so I might as well get the free food while I'm at it. Yeah, Yeah, I'll end up eating the tacos anyway. So did you guys listen to Art House Asshole last week? I'm I'm surprised Henry emailed in. There's like sirens and pol- police cars and fire <laughs> trucks oh, yeah. in the background. That's two weeks in a row he's called in with uh, <laughs> police. I thought I seriously thought the they were, uh, the, the last thing I would hear in the recording would be, open the door! <laughs> <laughs> so Henry this week saw Win It All, and here's what Henry has to say about Win It All. I love Art House movies. You can call me Mr. Asshole. What's up, nerds? It's Henry giving you an update on our house, asshole. Uh, this week, I watched Win It All, which is uh, Joe Swanberg's new film. Uh, Joe Swanberg is a very well-known and notorious person within the indie film, uh, specifically the Sundance crowd community. Uh, I personally am definitely not a fan of him. Uh, you can read more of my thoughts in the actual review. But this film, I actually liked. It's uh, much better than st- standard stuff, and uh, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. And, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, it's, on, it's a Netflix original film, so I think if you're just looking for something to play in the background and have just a... It, I mean, that's a perfect definition. This is a play-in-the-background kind of film. And I think if you're looking for something like that, this would be a good one to throw in. Uh, it's a Netflix original, so I think it's just perfect for that. Um, and overall, you can see my, the rest of my reviews on relearnspodcast.com. Uh, but I'm also in Denver now, so uh, I'll probably be on the podcast uh, a couple more times in full. Not just this one-minute-long form, unfortunately, for some of the audience members who really don't like me. Sorry. Anyway, I'll be back on the podcast soon. Uh, talk to you guys then. To be clear, not the same as Winner Takes It All. Which is a Sammy Hagar song. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hagar. Chelsea's just clearly a, a dangerous place to live. I guess. <laughs> He's almost gotten blown up there. Like, and you think Chelsea would be like full of rich, white, yuppie people. It is. Mm. They just like to blow each other up. That, that's what you yeah, this is for not giving me like, my... Inheritance earlier. I, b- I believe that like Henry deliberately goes to McDonald's just to be rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. What are we doing next? <laughs> I don't know, James. What are we doing next? Uh, let's do some news. It's real news. 
Fuck that. <laughs> All right, fine. What do you want to do? Alternative facts. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh. Believe me, this is going to be the biggest, best news you've ever heard. It's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be a major conflict with the Joe of Joe of All Trades podcast. Trust me, big news. So uh, Jonathan Demi died this week. This week he was seventy-three. Yeah. Probably uh, the best director ever. <laughs> best director. He is the biggest director of the biggest movie of all time. Sad. It's sad. Sad. Yeah. No. Uh, um, no. Um, is anybody... Well, I like other Jonathan Demi movies. Actually, the first one of his I ever saw in the theater was his remake of Manchurian Candidate, which is... Oh, no, it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Denzel Absolutely. Washington makes everything good. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and um, he also did Rachel Getting Married, which is one of the first films for Anne Hathaway to kind of... Short break, boobs. Break beyond that and break. <laughs> no, I think Brokeback Mountain, she showed her boobs before. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, um, let's do a chronicle of Anne Hathaway's boobs. <laughs> let's see. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, Havoc, and then Rachel's getting married. Yeah. I think that's how it goes. Yeah, but um, – and he also did a bunch of other um, different types of films. I mean, Philadelphia is one. Like, he yeah. wouldn't have gotten Philadelphia made if Silence of the Lambs hadn't hit huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, I so, – I was telling one of my friends the other day, like Silence of the Lambs is still like a comfort food movie for me. Like I can pop it on any time and just get engrossed in it. Hmm. So. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's and he was an actors director. Like he, yeah. he was really good with actors. Yeah. So he will definitely be missed. Yeah, but seventy three, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. seventy three is a good run. Good for him, man. That's like Ridley Scott age. Shut up. <laughs> you know, if you notice that. I'm not ready. <laughs> have you seen the new Alien Covenant trailer? Yeah, the one with, with John, John Denver. Denver. Oh, shit. It's what good. is it? So I love that these movies now are kind of taking old songs and putting them into trailers. It's so good. I mean, like The Mummy did Paint It Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this one. and But it's kind of cool how Country Roads is put into that. Yeah. Because it's. Take me home. Opposite. Yeah. Take me home. I am so excited for that movie, <laughs> as Take you can tell. Take me home, Xenomorph. Um, yeah, uh, like three-fourths of uh, of the Wonders got back together this week, Zach. They did. Yeah, I know, and I want your guys' reaction to this wonderful reunion. Uh, I wish, partial I w- reunion. I wish Lenny had been there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But well, I, where it was, was he? It was pretty good, though. Where's, where's <laughs> Lenny was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I would have loved, like, a whole... I mean, the video is, like... 15 seconds of them singing. I know, it's a bummer. I didn't know they all actually played the instruments. Mm-hmm. Good for them. And it makes that me, was cool. It makes me want to watch that thing you do because that thing you do is amazing. It In is. fact, when I was sitting down for the circle and I heard that, dun, 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 oh. I was like, huh? I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, and then I remembered, oh, that thing you do is the only great Playtone movie. <laughs> oh. Larry Crown enough? Larry Crown's fine. Yeah. I said great, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot words. And how great is the director's cut? Oh man, so good. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just subtle, just a little, little yeah. couple little things. It's all all you needed. You know, all you need is about five more minutes of story to make a great movie even greater. Yeah. Um, we oh, uh, Disney basically like took all their movie schedule and put everything in like a big bingo hopper. And then just shook it really hard, <laughs> and, and, a, and a new list of movies came out. Um, it's kind of interesting to look at. It's not crazy, but uh, it was kind of cool. They're moving the Star Wars movies to the summer, um, mm-hmm. so they're taking back, I think, Memorial Day weekend? Yep. Yeah. Cool um, for, for episode nine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so, a, which I, actually moves it up like uh, uh, like four months. Yeah. Or No, no, more no, than that. Seven so, months. Yeah, seven months. Yeah, like they're probably going to start shooting it really soon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, because they're... Which, 
is a little bit scary because we also learned that Ryan Johnson didn't wa- write a treatment for it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, which we don't, th- that, that probably means that Lawrence Kasdan didn't write a treatment for it, which means it's just in Colin Trevorov's hands, and I'm not okay with that. But uh, hopefully yeah, it'll be okay. Right, it's not just in his hands. I'm just that's saying. Like, that's like saying any Marvel movies in anybody else's hands. It's a, it would be one thing, if it was, hey, Ryan Johnson's got this, I'd be like, all right, we're good. We're good. But if they're if they're rushing it and then they're also, you know, not letting the people who got this thing off to hopefully a good start. And I'm obviously taking a lot on faith that Ryan Johnson's movie is going to be really good. Um, but I would love it. I would rather say find out that like, oh, yeah, Lawrence Kasdan wrote like a brief on all three films of like, hey, this is what we're oh, thinking. I'm sure they have some sort of plan. Oh, yeah. No, no, I know. I'm but, sure there is some sort of like, oh, here's the outline. Yeah. And it's I'll locked in J.J. Abrams' house, so right. we all know where uh, we need to go. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, sir. Kathleen Kennedy, sir. Uh, hey, everybody just, she's got this. <laughs> um, she's yeah. a smart lady, I think. Well, I mean, right. you, were you telling me that you haven't seen Safety Not Guaranteed? No, I own it. Oh, okay. That's oh, great. Okay. I thought for some reason. I love Safety Not Guaranteed. And I think his, his trailer for um, uh, Book of Henry looks great. Yeah. No, I know. I just saw Jurassic World. And, and Jurassic World is fun. That movie's kind of dog shit. Mm, it's not. Um, uh, that that movie is the worst Jurassic Park film. Is it, it's is not. It, is it, is I it, would it, rather watch the movie where the dinosaur eats the ringing telephone. Okay. You you you're entitled to your opinion here. <laughs> That's why you're an American. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back, James. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> The for haters. More, for more details, see an article that Brad wrote. Brad and I are going to sit over here on the ha- on the couch and hate things together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Hate Watch. <laughs> but it's just an H and watch. the number eight. Yeah. Because oh. <laughs> you guys can be like all the other this week's freaking episode. douchebags on the internet. This yeah. week's episode of The Hateful Eight is shit. <laughs> well, you're wrong. Um, Fuck you. Uh, spoilers for Split. Coming up. Uh, so if you didn't see Split, I saw Split. Uh, so uh, M Night Shyamalan is making that sequel to Split that we all knew was coming, and it's called Glass. And apparently, it's gonna have Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson in it. Is Bruce Willis gonna be free from all his direct video? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, th- no. The really the real question is whether or not Bruce Willis's uh, ability to act uh, uh, or or like or a real person put his attitude on the bench, uh, whether or not that will show up. Because um, if you recall, he only had to sit in Split. He didn't have to actually talk. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, he only had to poorly deliver one bad line. Yeah. So, like, all he had. To... He's really good in Looper, Mister Glut. He is. Yeah. He's he is really. When good he's in engaged, Looper. he's a good actor. Yeah. Right. When he yeah. When he's single, he's. Not. No, I'm sorry. I took. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when he's uh, not an asshole. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I. I think I'm excited. I think Unbreakable is his best movie, so. Shyamalan's or Willis's? We don't have to go into that. No, Shyamalan's, no. Bruce Willis. (laughs) What is Bruce Willis' best movie? Die Hard. Die Hard. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm, It's an ensemble movie. Mm. (sighs) Whole Nine Yards. He's good in that. The that, whole that's ten a, yards. That's a good answer. Actually, yeah, because Whole Nine Yards is like the, my favorite Bruce Willis. Like he's he's tongue in cheek and fun, and like there you think like he could be a guy I could hang out with. Cop out, but he's not. <laughs> no. Well, then Hudson Hawk, then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Fifi, ball, ball. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, oh, uh, speaking of Jurassic World, Jeff Goldblum might be in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd be down. Cool. Yep. 
uh, if if that actually that happens. Well, well yeah. no one stopped to think <laughs> yes. if they could, if they didn't stop to think they should. They, they did it before, and it was the second best Jurassic Park movie, and that's pretty good considering the first one is so good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, if they ended up making the third best Jurassic Park movie, I'd be okay with that. They also so. brought him back for Independence Day Resurgence, and oh, that didn't work I, out. I see where you're going. <laughs> Worst movie of last year. Uh, we got no. Goldblum back, but no. what cost? Only because you didn't see Yoga Hosers. I did see Yoga Hosers. You did? I did. Yeah, we oh. talked about this. Oh, how do you think Yoga Hosers is better than Independence Day Readmittance? Because I think it's more fun. Yeah, I'd actually agree with that. <laughs> you, I, I'm. Are you, oh, I thought you were already moving on from news. No, I just was closing the uh, the the other tab that I don't remember what that article was, but I didn't care. Oh, it was the thing about the writer strike, and yeah, I, I was reading that. I didn't. Oh, there might be a writer strike again. Yeah, yeah, and it might affect things. So we're not allowed oh. to write things. No, it will affect <laughs> things. We get more quantum of solaces out of that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I wanted a quantum of solace too. Electric. Boogie Actually, game. what you're saying is very apt, considering how much they're like struggling to get the Bond movies going again. Yeah. Um. Shoot. Yeah. Uh. So in a very kind of poor interview this week, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, speak of the devil or the angel. I like Kathleen Kennedy a lot. No, I think she's a, uh, she's great. Incredibly smart woman. Yes. yes. The phrase, speak of the devil, uh, anyway, you know what I said. Um, uh, in a poorly executed interview this week, she was asked, like, hey, are we ever going to get those Star Wars movies that people like? And she was like, the, the, the final cut really belongs to George Lucas on those. Um, which kind of sounds like she's saying that they're not going to put out the final cuts or, or the, the original cuts, but I also don't believe that because it's like so obviously a way for Disney to make a lot of money. Um, but at the same time, she might be right. Maybe they don't have a way to make unrestored cuts I mean, if without they, him. That might be something that George stipulated in the contract of the buyout. And technically it Disney doesn't own the first three movies. So. Yeah, for now. They, they will get the rights back eventually. I think Fox can do something with the first one because I know Lucas didn't have all the rights to the first one. Mm. Bingo. Um, so but, basically uh, it okay. sounds like it's a huge fucking clusterfuck and they yeah. don't know how to do it. Right. Which, I mean, we all kind of knew. It's just this is sort of her saying like yeah. – yeah, but again, the the question is asked in a weird, indirect way. The guy doesn't say, hey, I really want a Blu-ray, or no, I really want a 4K Blu-ray of the original Star Wars movie. When am I going to get that? And I, and I will say, there are copies of that movie on film out there. They could absolutely do a Jaws treatment to oh, they can. I'm sure those they can movies. Find it somewhere. So it is 100% possible for them to do, and I think they would make their money back if they did it. It's in somebody's closet in Cambodia. Right. Well, somebody yeah. has. I mean, like, they, they found 12 Oswald the Lucky Rabbit shorts right. from like the early 20s just lying around. I'm sure they're yeah. somewhere. I mean, there are copies of Star Wars out there, so it, it is. It, I think it is just a legal thing, and that eventually it will happen because there's money to be made. <laughs> like, at the end of the day... Nerds will pay for this shit. I will do that. Yeah. Uh, I still don't own... I still only own one Star Wars movie. Um, cause I, I own them all. Yeah. I, I don't want to. That's I'm good. Fine. I'll wait. And if I wait forever... If it takes forever, I will wait forever. Cut to your deathbed. Much like, oh, much like the... Oh, goody! I finally got it! <laughs> much like the, the sad dying dog from that Futurama episode. Because that's the song <laughs> that plays while he... It's just you in front of second spin. We'll meet again. <laughs> Don't know I when. will wait for you. 
Uh, anyway. And Ryan's getting up because we're starting a duet. <laughs> like, I'm out. No, my kid's being like really quiet. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> he drank the poison. <laughs> he's going to walk into the other room. There's just shit literally smeared everywhere. And the dog is eating it. Suspicious. Like, quiet. oh, man, what's going on? There's where an upside. There, there's a, there's Do a, we know where the kid is? Especially because there's so many boxes, like he could be anywhere. Dear Dad, I ran away. No, there's moments in your life that you become proud, and my little boy is in his room playing with his cars and using a bucket as a cave. Oh hell yeah! He's parking. My dog that was a pain in the ass. Remember, like a month ago, is sleeping in his crate. Oh, see, he's getting there. Eventually, he's getting there. Eventually, things eventually things work out. Yep. Uh, any other news that I missed? Anything people You're not want to talk about Fincher directing World of War Z two? Uh, n- it's not confirmed yet. Yeah, so. I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really yeah. interesting. Part of it is like so much of what's around that is such a mess that they they kind of need to sign him to a contract so that they can get that movie made. Just because it sounds like there's not really a script and the production stuff is all messed up, and like if he takes it over, I mean, it's Fincher. He will. Line all that shit up and it's, be like, we're going to really get this right. fascinating because Paramount, who's in charge of that and Friday the 13th, pulled the plug on both of them. And I, so I, I've finally on, finished. What do you mean on both of them? Uh, Friday the 13th and World War Z2 oh, I, I see what you're at saying. the same time. Yeah. Uh, I, I read a book, and if you're interested, you might not be interested in Freddy versus Jason, but there's a book called Slash of the Titans. This guy went through and read all the rejected scripts, interviewed executives from new line paramount um and after you i think some of the writers of and the, the original uh, almost all the writers and he has this really great interview with jeffrey katz if you don't know who he is he drove from michigan to los angeles to intern on freddie versus jason in like 99 mm-hmm. and he fought so hard for it that when they finally were like getting around to making it they put him in charge of the film. Yep. And he said, you guys, you have too many people trying to figure this thing out. You need to have Freddie and Jason fight. One in the dream world, one in reality. Right around it. That's all you have to do. Right. And he, he had the most revealing interview in that whole uh, book. Because I think my only criticism, and I'll be posting a review of this actually today. Uh, my only criticism of the book is the writer's like, oh, your script was really different. No, fucking drill these people. Why are you making Jason talk? Why are you doing this? And the same thing with World War Z. Just quit overthinking it. Yeah. It's a fucking zombie movie. <laughs> and this is how stupid Paramount is. The first one made like $600 million. Yeah. You don't have to spend $200 million on this one like they did on the first one. Right. Constantly reshooting it and constantly redoing it, which I think the last part was really good. See what the movie's about focus on it and make it and that's the problem they're running into and jeffrey katz said this about friday the 13th you're overthinking the simplest thing hockey mask machete kill right (laughs) yeah Yeah. and you got people that are like well i wouldn't and it's interesting when you hear him talk about because they were trying to blend their backstory so much where freddie molested jason or there was a oh what the fuck and that's why he the last thing I want to be reminded about is that this whole thing is about child rape. So like, the people not... that pitched that one were Star Trek The Next Generation um, <laughs> writers, uh, Braga. Kurtzman and Orsi? No. no. Oh, oh those guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Moore, probably. Yeah, Braga Moore. So they wrote a script where Freddy was like a counselor who sexually abused Jason. I, I, don't, I don't go into a horror movie like, 
oh man, I really hope this one's got more kid rape in it. Like, that's well, not well, why I'm going. And you're, you don't have to make Freddy more evil. Right. He's already a child he's killer. The, he's just scary to look at. <laughs> yes. Like, you look at him, he's got knives for fingers and a burned face. And the script they ended up picking, and this is, is Shannon and Swift, the Damon, uh, whatever, I forget, Damon and Mark. I forget which one, Swift and Shannon. Yeah. They, they, uh, Mark Shannon. They went in and they said, we have eight rules. Don't mess with their backstories. Do this, do this. And they, all they were doing is like, oh. Kill, ma- kill children. Or yeah. Kill, kill teenagers. Have sex. Show boobs. Yeah. And that's all they did. And yeah. they're like, oh, wow, this movie works. Because <laughs> yep. you can't overthink it. When you overthink it, that's when you run into problems. Yeah. And the same thing with World War Z. And that's why they need to bring in someone like Fincher. Right. Minus the fact that he's a perfectionist when he shoots, right. but he still gets shit done. Right. No, you, that's my point, right? Yeah. Like, if you have a movie that is all over the place and doesn't hardly have a script and everything is all falling apart and you already made one before, and, you know, obviously, like, you you could go back and say, like, well, you know, he he did, as a sequel, he did Alien 3 and that didn't work. Was, yeah, but he wishes he could take his name off that movie because they fucked with it so much. Like, yep. he is exactly the kind of person that you need to come oh, in I think so. and clean your shit up. You know who needs him? DC needs David Fincher. <laughs> they, they do. Like, bring him in and be like, you're going to direct a Batman. You're going to direct Justice League and and just fix all this shit. And we will just listen to you. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, oh, I, I think, too, I think they overthink things. I understand there's lots of money riding on it. But when you spend so much money developing it, when do you when do you think enough is enough? When you're just right. being overdeveloped. Well, and at this point, you've got sunk costs in the first one, right? Like you you made all these mistakes in the first one. Like if you just get your shit together and make a sequel, theoretically, you should be able to recoup. You know, and you, you made money on the first one, but still, you should hopefully be able to actually save the franchise um, yeah. because you at least got something going. Yeah. And it, and I, if you read the article, it sounds like Brad Pitt like reaching out. He's like, "Dude, come on, please, <laughs> please help me." I'm tied to this thing, and I don't want to <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah. So yeah, there's so much. Paramount seems Ho- to have problems with it. Hopefully, and, he doesn't. And, and right now, the state of horror is in. Uh, there's an. I forget. Who I read an interview with. Um, maybe it was Robert England. He's he's really articulate too. He he said that the problem is now they're like, oh, here's two rooms, here's fi- uh, three million dollars, make a horror film. People don't want to spend that extra money on an epic like World War Z, yeah, because they don't think it will sell. But obviously, it does because yeah. it makes six hundred million dollars. As long as you, as long as if you're if you're putting that much money in, you just have to not have nudity or a lot of like swearing, so that that way you can have a PG thirteen. Yeah, and I I think the first World War Z is actually really good, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean it, it's got a, a it's a little bit destroyed, but when you know the story, you're like, oh, that's fine. Like it it, it ends up being a really cool movie. Yeah, you know. They can do it. There's probably too much CG. And Brad Pitt's really but, handsome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you don't... Remember need- when he's... That scene when he's on the tarmac at night when it's raining oh, yeah, and he's running awesome. through... Oh, it's so cool. Hmm, no CG Sheesh. there, just zombies. Right. Just oh, saying. exactly, yeah. Um, and the only... The CG was fine at the time. My only problem is sometimes you look at a movie like that and you know in five years oh. it's going to end up looking like this real Einstein's... Or little <laughs> Einstein's video no, where I, you're I just agree. like... Ah. I like there, there's parts in that movie where they're... I think it, the idea of the zombies crawling over each other to get into... Yeah. Is really cool. Yeah. But it looks goofy. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You know. Anyways. Yeah. Cool. Um, Blu-rays? Sure. All right. DVD releases and Blu-rays. What about Laserdiscs? The, uh, I wish they saw the artwork from Laserdiscs. Those were nice. Yeah. yeah. The highly contested 
more controversial, A Dog's Purpose is out on DVD this week. Did that end up making $100 million, I think? Oh, did it really? Yeah, it, I, I made it, quite it, a it bit. made its money, dude. Yeah. It was it was you know set to fucking make bank because um, those tra- the trailers were manipulative as shit, and there were dogs. Like you knew that movie could you know that was gonna have played. legs. Yeah. yeah, that was gonna have legs, and then <laughs> all of a sudden Breeze, they were Dennis like, Quaid. yeah, that that video really fucking man. Anyway, that, that's what we need, Brad. We need to get dogs and Dennis Quaid, and somehow write a script around it. <laughs> yeah, just don't almost drown the dogs. Uh, Oddly (laughs) enough, my idea was called Dog Drowning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Red Turtle, which is the animated movie we talked Mm -hmm. about last week. I'm Mm -hmm. actually pretty excited to to check that out. It's like an all-silent movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any dialogue at all. Cool. Uh, I Am Not Your Negro, the the giant James Baldwin (laughs) movie. Um, Yeah. It's the most... I what? don't know what I was going to say. I was going to say something like clever, but I couldn't think of anything to say. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I was going to say something clever. Um, it's actually a really good film. I, I highly recommend right you check there. it out. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Check that out. Um, I saw it in I'm the theater. confused. <laughs> you always are, but go on. So Rings is out this week on Blu-ray. Is I thought that movie didn't come out. Or, yeah, no, it came out. Rings? It, did. it came out already? But remember you guys decided and said to see Split? Where was I? For what? You were there. You said talking about rings. <laughs> oh, playing songs on my guitar. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, rings. I don't. Yeah, remember the other that movie they blame out. for Friday the Thirteenth not being made now. Man, all right. Well, anyway, uh, Gold, the uh, Matthew McConaughey movie where he doesn't all have right, any hair. All right, all right. Uh, all right. I'm gonna buy that gold. <laughs> uh, oh, Bryce Dallas Howard's in that movie. Ah, uh, yeah. I want to check that out. Even though I, I didn't, I heard it wasn't great. But Spider Man um, Three is Gwen Stacy. The trailer looks kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, and then we got a Jurassic whole... Worlds. <laughs> that girl. <laughs> We got a whole lot of uh, of like re-releases this week. So 310 to Yuma is getting a, a 4K release, which is cool. <laughs> I bet that movie would look cool. Uh, Expendables 1 and Expendables 2 are both getting 4K releases. Uh, Saturday Night Fever, the director's cut. Is Lionsgate's out on Blu-ray like, this fuck, week. we're putting every movie out on 4K. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that this is just a Blu-ray edition. I don't think there's a 4K of it. Um, but if you really like Saturday Night, Saturday Night Fever. Fever. Which, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Val Kilmer's real, with the hair, ma. <laughs> uh, real Genius uh, is getting a Choice Collection Blu-ray Oh, release? that's their um, on-demand stuff. Oh, okay. Real Genius um, is real shitty. Br- Brewster's Million. <laughs> Way to go, Gene Shallot. <laughs> Brewster's Million is out this week on Blu-ray. Real uh, Genius is a real stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Gene Shallot. Uh, I just like this cover. Uh, Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Is out this week on Blu-ray. Uh, some movie with Molly Ringwald in it. Does anybody even under 35 know who Gene Shallot is besides Zach because he likes <laughs> no. movies? No. <laughs> That's why I love him. How long ago did he die? You know, he, he, he's still alive. Yeah, you think he's still is alive, he? yeah. You remember, that family, me? you remember that Family Guy gag where um, they, they get superpowers? I'm Gene Shallot now. Yeah, bray! <laughs> <laughs> Beyond the Gates looks cool. Yeah, there's a uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Brad. I was waiting. I was just like, that's a Scream Factory. I don't have anything to contribute to the G Challenge that conversation. <laughs> Is it a Scream Factory or IFC? It's Midnight? IFC. It's IFC Midnight. Yeah, uh, Scream Factory puts those out though. Oh. oh, okay. Let me see. I'll look at the spine. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all connected. Uh, um, starring reanimators Barbara Crampton. The the, uh, yeah. the tagline is press play and pray. Or you might know Barbara Crampton from You're Next. Is this a, this is just a movie where scary ladies on the TV? I don't know. They get attacked by giant VHS tapes and dice. They're like uh, D&D gamers, and then, yeah, there's some 
tabletop game that comes to life. Okay. All right. Sounds good. It's blue, pink, 80s as shit, and I'm going to watch it. <laughs> uh, experiment hey, in terror. You can ask Zach to help you, buddy. What yeah. do you want? Can you hand you want, him his taco? You want, you want this one that's open? Yeah. Here you go, he, buddy. He, taco. If you don't know Kellen, is he eats like over the course of an hour and a half, <laughs> then he'll come back and want it. And his tacos, he peels out the cheese, and then he'll eat it. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, because we're packing everything up, uh, I don't feel like cooking because I'm just fucking over everything. And so I, me and Kellen and Laura leave, and I said, Kellen, what do you want for dinner? He said, Taco House. Taco House. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Is there a Taco House near here? Yeah, <laughs> there's one on Wadsworth. Yeah. Taco House. What do you like at Taco House? <laughs> Stop being cute. I know, he keeps on asking me to go see Kong. <laughs> He's saying redo it, James. Um, so, all right. So what was that indicator imprint? Oh, 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 sorry. I read it. Color bars. it uh, it's called Experiment in Terror. Uh, I don't know. It's it's some old movie with some guy named Glenn Ford. Right, but there's a whole bunch of movies coming out with this, this color yeah, thing on it. I, I don't know. The other ones, yeah, the other one, there were like some old Sidney Poitier movies getting re- re-released there. I this one I just thought the cover dinner, was cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. that that's that same like indicator release. So, uh, <laughs> and it it looks like an old like Betamax uh, case or something like that. Yeah. Um, they're they're really awesome. Notification from Amazon today saying they couldn't deliver my package because of a holiday. What the fuck holiday is today? Who holiday? And why would I get a package on Sunday from the United States Postal Service, anyways? Yeah, suspicious. Yeah, and then I looked it up. It's like uh, undeliverable, undeliverable. Like at three a.m., four a.m. My guess is their carrier who's delivering it to the post office wasn't able to drop it off because the post office is closed. I don't know what the fuck's going on. They should know the post office closes. <laughs> How am I supposed to get... What Blu-ray is that? Some Evil. Emily Blunt one. Oh. Blood Edge? Um, no, I have Blood Rage. I'm good on that. It's some Emily Blunt movie. It's coming soon. One. Interesting. Oh, The Young Victoria. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and then the very last thing for this week, and, and easily winner for best cover, uh, from the director of Chained Heat... Wait, 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 what was the title? From no, it, no I haven't gotten the title okay. yet. I'm building. Okay. Way to break this. Oh, I know what this one is because <laughs> I'm getting it. Sorry. All right, from the director of Chained Heat comes the Naked Cage. Oh, it's a woman in prison movie. Yeah. Raw violence Scream and happy. hot yeah. rage explode behind bar. I'm gonna read that again. Raw violence and hot rage. Explode behind bars. You think there's some innuendo there? Do anyway, you, do you know that this movie is playing in the background during Planet Terror? Is it really? It's the movie that gets Quentin Tarantino's character uh, boiling with sexual promiscuity, <laughs> and he decides to um, uh, make Rose McGowan dance, and he does that little rhyme about I've seen a lot of things in my life, but I never seen me a one-legged stripper. <laughs> uh, so the cover is a. It's it's like two hot women behind bars and one of them's got a gun and the other one's shirt is all busting open and and then the, at the bottom some ladies are stabbing cops with knives yep that's pretty much a it looks great oh it's ryan, coming ryan you yep. said you're getting it <laughs> uh, it's coming who's releasing it scream back is it oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a really awesome cover well Man. i got their uh one of their scream factory one is like a women in prison one did i get uh oh uh hellhole hellhole yes yeah. right 
Yeah, it's pretty great. And it's all painted, so it's awesome. Hellhole's so like, the one with Anthony Perkins, right? No, that's Edge of Sanity and oh, okay. uh, Destroyer. Uh, Destroyer is what I'm thinking <laughs> of. Destroyer. Oh, is Destroyer the one with like the giant like robot man on the front? Well, this, no, he has like a skeleton face, yes. and he's not really in it, and it's kind of sad. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's all right, though. Yeah, I remember it's that. It's 80s cheese. I'll take it. Cool. Anyway, that's Blu-ray releases this week. And we watch movies throughout the week, too, James. We do. In a segment I call <coughs> Motion Pictures That We Watch. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. That's I've never called, called it that. <laughs> <laughs> My I was going to be like, what? <laughs> what? James, what'd you watch this week? Uh, not a whole lot. I was out of town for for work this week, so I watched I watched some Catfish, not the movie, but the TV show on the what? on the MTV. Um, MTV I watched, still around? Yeah, I watched actual television this week because I was in a hotel room. What are you, an old man? I know it was weird, and there was nothing on because it's television in 2017, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so I, I I got found myself on the MTV channel because it was either that or um, the Sunday morning. Show. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, what's that show where people who are on drugs sit down and have sad conversations? Intervention. Intervention. Yeah, <laughs> intervention. Apparently, still on television. Um, but I was like, no, that's too sad. So I watched some catfish on TV. That show is stupid, um, but pretty interesting because you're like, holy shit, people are just like pretending so did you, to be other like, people. Record the these or you sat and watched them? No, I watched them on MTV, TV. Has like ten were, minute commercial breaks. Oh yeah, so obnoxious. No, the show itself was only fifteen minutes, and then the rest of it was like just commercials. Like there were so many commercial breaks, and they'd be like, oh. We just we just did a reverse search on these photos and found that this person is actually an Italian model. I wonder what's going to happen next. Commercial for 15 minutes. And because then they come back and they be like, sure enough, they're a fake, they're a fake person. You've been catfished. Would watch uh, not, uh, not another teen, a teen mom. <laughs> and, teen mom. Yes. And, uh, I would get up and leave because I can't stand those fucking shows. The, that's still a show. They were doing what? commercials for it where they were like, where it was like, you know, uh, uh, Jamie, are you pregnant again? And Jamie's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, that was literally the commercials. That sounds like a primer for a CBS sitcom. Are you pregnant again? It, that's <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> and they'd, like, go wide-eyed, and a little exclamation mark would pop up over the girl's head. And they'd be like, what? Emoticons? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's MTV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kept watching Fargo. Fargo this week was amazing. Um, no surprise there. Uh, it's really great. Uh, you should be watching Fargo. Uh, and then I started finally catching up. I... I fell off of This Is Us back at the hiatus right around the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And so I finally started catching up on that again and was just reminded how much that show is Corny. awesome. My no, folks it's love great. it. Oh, man. I know. It's like the most popular new show. Oh, it That's why I'm so not watching good. it. Yeah. <laughs> to be a rebel. Every, <laughs> like, what's all... the least watched show? I'm watching that one. <laughs> NBC's Powerless. <laughs> <laughs> so you're watching... Ryan, I have, uh, I have some bad news. I skipped it. In what? <laughs> Uh, you will have to watch that show only on Sony's direct-to-console PlayStation Store next year. Because No, I'm just kidding. Because they just straight canceled it. No one's picking that up. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's mostly it. Oh, oh, I watched Tropic Thunder again. Because I, I really I needed to clean my apartment and I needed to laugh. Uh, and Telling oh, you, you got to listen to the commentary on it. Because after... It is classic. Yeah, I w- I've had this conversation a lot lately about w- with people about whether or not the mummy's going to be good. Because anytime I'm at the Alamo and somebody sees the poster, they're like, have you seen the trailer for this? Because I don't know yet. And uh, 
that's the way they say it every time. Why do you talk to three year old girls? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and I'm always like, well, the the last time I had the conversation, I was like, name the last bad Tom Cruise movie, like not just My okay argument. Yeah, like okay, Jack Reacher two, okay, not great, okay. But that's what I mean. But Jack Reacher two, Jack Reacher two is his worst movie in like twelve or fifteen years. At least, wasn't there like, that Oblivion thing? I wasn't a big Oblivion's fan. Oblivion's awesome. awesome. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of it, but you're wrong. But, okay. but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, th- is it a bad movie? Right. No, 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 no. Exactly. Yeah. That's my argument. His, yeah. it's not a bad Jack movie. Reacher Two is his worst movie, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just fine, like a like a B level John Grisham film. You know? Yeah. Like I, I can see that. Like yeah. the Pelican Brief. Like the <laughs> uh, like a Painted House, the directed TV one. <laughs> But no, that's my my argument always is, yeah. is there's no really such thing as a bad Tom Cruise movie. Oh, oh, there's so we were okay movies. Yeah, but did you? Did, but that's what, how the when you the first time you saw Tropic Thunder, did it did it take you a minute to realize it was him, or did you know right away? Oh, it, it right took away. me a second. It took me halfway through the movie before yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that. I mean, it was like halfway through that first scene because at first, like, you see him and you're like, wait, like it's one of those things like when you see somebody you work with, like, yeah. out of the office, and you're like. You, but you're in the wrong place. You know, um, shouldn't you be at work? <laughs> yeah, shouldn't you be in Lions for Lambs? Um, which, by the way, is the one. Uh, but um, you haven't seen it, so you can't judge it. True, I know you're right. The performances are really good. I, I bet it's fine. Yeah, I bet that movie's garbage, though. It is but, not garbage. Uh, but also, not really Tom Cruise. Not I've a seen, not really a Tom, not really a Tom Cruise, Cruise movie. movie. Yeah, I've seen Creature. Oh, it's not oh you garbage. know what it was? No, it's actually like like Rock of Ages is not great, but he's awesome in it. Oh yeah, like that. That was the other one. So we were looking through the list, mm-hmm. and and that's how I, Ta- Ta- Tropic Thunder I came up. Was we were looking through the list, and like and Tropic Thunder was on there. I was like, oh man, I totally forgot he was in that. Like I need to go watch it again. Mm-hmm. And he's amazing. Yeah, Holy shit, you people. What do you mean, you people? Huh? It's great. Like that movie is just awesome. Um, <laughs> the only guy you can pull off blackface nowadays, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> but how brilliant Moving that character up. is! <laughs> An Australian playing an African American played. You're by an Australian American. with a D. Be Australian <laughs> with a deluxe apartment in the sky. That's the theme song to the Jeffersons. <laughs> oh man. That's so warm, good. fake blood. <laughs> Should watch yeah. it. I haven't seen that. I'll fucking oh, put it it's away. Re- it's simple it's Jack. Re- <laughs> <laughs> go for oh, a retard. <laughs> yeah. And Matthew McConaughey's in that movie. He is. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> throws, a, throws, a, throws a TiVo and saves the day. Oh, my goodness. Sheesh. Danny McBride's uh, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Big ass titties. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> it's a quote from the movie, and you like the movie, too. You can't. You can't. I like in the end credits when they're doing, like, all the actors, the lead, lead actors and whatnot, and they cut to Matthew McConaughey's son in the movie, and it's just, like, a question mark. That's really fucking funny. Uh, and I still, I still laugh my ass off when Steve Coogan blows up. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean it's I, so comically like silly. Like it's, it's like it was a shock at first when I first saw it. I'm like, holy shit! And then immediately after the shock, I laughed my ass off. Well, and the way it's shot is like <laughs> the the cut itself is 
unapologetic. A little fake looking. Like, they didn't go for, like, the most realistic looking A Man Explodes. They went for, like, A Man Explodes if a man was in a Muppet movie. Yeah. (laughs) And it's awesome. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Tropic Thunder. Did you Uh, watch the director's cut or the theatrical cut? Spoilers really good. I have no idea. I put in my Blu-ray and I hit hit play. Uh, The best feature on that, there's a a Blu-ray feature. It's like 30 minutes long. It's a documentary following around Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Kirk Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Like the Rain Rain of Terror oh, or something. I, it's, I remember that. It's pretty brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I forgot how good the trailers are at the beginning of that movie. Oh, yeah. And oh, MTV man. Award Best Kiss winner, Tobey <laughs> Maguire. <laughs> it, it starts with the booty sweat commercial. Yeah. And every time that they sing I Like the Pussy, oh, gosh, it's so good. Like, it's... <laughs> Oh. Uh, my favorite trailer is the Satan's Alley because at the after it says Satan's Alley, you've been a bad, bad boy, father. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's great. It's really great. Yep. Anyway, Brad, Brad, uh, I didn't watch really anything, but I finished the re- Return of MST3K. Mm. Let's um, talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Did you also finish it, Zach? Yes, I did. I'm still only like halfway through. Okay. Oh man, damn. No, no. I mean, go ahead. It's, it's well, okay. no. There's, there's like a surprising. I didn't yeah. see a coming ending. And really, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of disturbing. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's, but I, I I could do this without spoiling it. I think it was absolutely what needed to happen. You think so? Oh yeah. Especially because there's no guarantee that we'll get a second season. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but, but Netflix has that Netflix money. I understand, but they also have to look at how popular it is being, uh, how much it's being watched. Oh, is it yeah. Adam Sandler popular? Or? Yeah. <laughs> but we may, we may not see the numbers, but Netflix sees the numbers. Anecdotally, three-fourths of everyone I know ha- is watching it. Okay, that's good. See, that's, so then, that's so the then number they, of people in so this then room. Then without spo- again, without spoiling it, they just got to write themselves out of a corner. And yeah. I think I know how they could do it. Is, is Jonah dead at the end? <laughs> Brad, what did you think of the final movie they riffed? <laughs> um, the Christmas that almost wasn't. Oh my god! I like this. I like the uh, Santa Claus one um, with the. Um, uh, that was it. The the, the Christmas that, no, that's the second to last. There's two Christmas ones. There's only one Christmas one. The second, the the last one was. Um, oh god. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the last one's the at Earth's core. Yeah, right? at the Earth's yeah. core. Because yeah, there's two Douglas Murray uh, movies. There's two like Caroline Monroe movies. Yeah, with uh, yeah, it's actually the, a really good s- selection for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm used to them being completely random, but if you actually pay attention, um, all those movies affect things and gags in the season. And you know, again, there's, it's, there's multiple stars. And it's so weird seeing um, Mark Hamill's cameo was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, haven't seen the last of me. <laughs> Grandma Tarkin. What's his real name? Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Uh, just being the most like British character ever. in at their score, like pretty much doing a C3PO. Yeah. Before yeah. C3PO. <laughs> they make that joke. So, um, yeah, aside from the completely wild ending, uh, which was kind of made to get a bunch of backers into the show. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I get that, but still, um, as someone who wants to see a 12th season, it's a very surprising yeah. turn of events. But I could totally see multiple ways of how to resolve it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, And uh, this isn't really a spoiler, but the, the third robot at the in the final episode, 
the, the oh, it's pretty much pretty much just Ralph <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> he called himself that. I'm just Ralph the dog. <laughs> um, and I, I'm actually like my 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 favorite one's always going to be Cry Wilderness for this season, but my so second good. favorite has to be the uh, circus one. <laughs> Oh yes, with, with the, yes, with the monkey, with the with the magic. Yeah, oh, that yeah. one is so weird. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> man, yeah, Christmas cry, almost cry, wasn't was good too. Cry wilderness is so good. Oh god, man, that kid is so irresponsible and <laughs> basically endangers everyone around him. <laughs> well, the fact that it's basically like the fact that it's a movie a, that is supposed I, to be about a yeti but it like isn't really the yeti is it's like angels in the outfield but with yetis where the yeti <laughs> is there to help you get your parents back together or like save your parents or whatever like it's, it's so bizarre i maintain that that kid in that movie is just as stupid if not more stupid than the alien or than the kid in the movie pod people where it had the oh, alien yeah where it had the little yeah. alien that looked like et but like with a bad cocaine habit <laughs> it's like that yeah it's that bad yeah <laughs> and then I watched classic episodes from the 20 that they have on the other feed. Cool. Which, yeah, ones, fun. which ones were you watching? Uh, there's Space Mutiny. Space um, Mutiny is good. Space Mutiny is I think it's Time Hackers. Time side Chaser. Hackers? No, Time Chasers. Well, Side time Hackers. Chasers side Hackers with the plane? Time Chasers, yeah. Oh, side Hackers which was one, strange. <laughs> the last two, yeah. Time Chasers and what was the other time one? Time Chasers is pretty great. Yeah. But they're ones <laughs> I remember like watching... As a kid, yeah. We, we um, want to make a time travel movie. What do we have? Uh, we got stock footage of a Cessna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I got an idea. Uh, time machine's a plane. Do you know a guy who played the lead? Oh, my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows computers. He's got long hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's sad. It's sad that they don't have. Um, <laughs> There's two episodes that they didn't put in the top twenty that I wish they would have. Mitchell and. Um, Final Sacrifice. Mitchell. Yeah. Well, I think that's a feed that they're going to rotate. I um, hope so. I'm hoping so. Because I want to see the I want to see HD version of Rose Dower. Yeah. Mitchell. I mean, Mitchell. Uh, so I rewatched. It. Oh well, we'll talk about it when I get when we get to me. But I rewatched the Mitchell one. Mitchell. <laughs> Joe John Baker. Yeah, is I want to see the Raw Julia one. It's like the sci-fi. I, I forget. <laughs> it's it's like a Ro- Logan's Run thing. I think. Yeah. Um. Cool. But yeah. So that's it for me. Zach. Um, so, um, like I was telling him, I watched, I finished up new MST3K. I really liked it. Like I said, I think the ending is exactly what it needed to be. Um, I liked, uh, if I really had to review the whole thing, I thought Jonah is a great host, um, uh, for the series and, uh, Baron Vaughn and Hampton Yount are really good as Crow and Tom. Yeah. Um, I almost didn't notice that the voices are different. Yeah. It is really impeccable. Um, actually there was a joke in the, one of the classic episodes, um, where I think Crow's, Oh yeah, uh, uh, Mike Nelson mm-hmm. like gets infected with Crow's nanobots and so yeah. he t- starts turning into Crow. And then uh, Crow's re- relating like, "Oh, there's nothing to worry about, except maybe your voice might change every seven years or so." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing to worry about. And then I watched classic ones. So I watched the I watched Mitchell again, and oh god, Joe Don Baker is a uh, is a, Mitchell. Is it? He's he is Mitchell, but he's also just like. Do you ever remember that scene where he gets into an argument with a kid in, outside of his car? Oh yeah, yeah, that was just bizarre <laughs> to rewatch. Um, so, um, but um, so the other things that I watched, I wa- so I was talking about a couple weeks ago this American Playboy series on um, Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I finished it finally. It was thirteen episodes at forty minutes apiece, and it's um, it's 
so I didn't really describe it that well, and I want to rectify that. So it it's technically a docu series, but it also does reenactments. But these reenactments are actually really good, and I generally hate those about um, like History Channel shows where they do reenactments with actors. Does it look better or worse than Michael Mann's Public Enemies? It looks better. Okay. <laughs> um, but because um, the guy they got to play Hugh That's Hefner, cold, Matt man. Whelan, That's cold. Uh, I guess he's <laughs> great. He took it. He took it in stride. It was really awesome. good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but they covered like they covered it all the way up to his current marriage, mm-hmm. and um, which was interesting. Uh, talked about things that I didn't know about Playboy's history, such as the um, uh, his assistant who um, apparently uh, was trumped up on drug charges and then killed herself. So um, oh, well that's lovely. yeah. So it's um it's it's a it's a sad story. It almost made me cry. Um, and then I started. James loaned me something that he had promised you a while back called From Earth to the Moon, and um, I watched the first episode and it's really really good. <laughs> Um, I do like my, myself some NASA stories, um, and this one's really good. I'm glad, and I'm glad the way you described it to me that it's not like consistent characters; like it's a different story each time. Yeah, I mean, different... there's like the guy who plays De- plays Deke Slayton is in is the same guy in every episode, but right, but there's not like a but, through line. Yeah, per like se. yeah, Deke is in episode one and two, and then he's in the rest, but not as big, you know. Yeah. Um, um, so the first episode was good. I'm gonna continue watching it for. The, the rest of the week and then um, hold on to your butts man yeah. episode two Woof. so so the, so I've been told by this this guy in front of me who really really loves NASA uh huh uh huh yeah space final frontier yep yeah and so that's all I watched this week cool uh yeah I just watched a few things too I rewatched uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Six is my favorite Friday Thirteenth. And just watching is this it the again. One where Jason lives. It is where Jason lives. Is that the one where he's on a boat? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it is more competently made than most of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I listen to they have a I've never listened to this commentary. They have a commentary with the director Tom McLaughlin and the editor on the Blu-ray set. It's a new one mm-hmm. uh, commentary, and I'm listening to it. And I'm like, yeah, he he actually thought shots out really well. The camera tracks really well. Uh, the shot I always point to is really cool and that is one of the counselors is tucking in the little girl at night and she says you know if you say your prayers the bad things will go away and she pops up and Jason is behind her but like uh, outside in a window and as she's walking checking on the kids Jason is stalking behind her and it just looks really good like it's really well shot and he makes Jason pretty scary in it uh, which you know you see him so much now that it's whatever. I think um, it's the slickest looking Friday the Thirteenth movie. Oh next yeah, to, next to maybe the. Um, I think maybe uh, next the to the remake. remake yeah, yeah. It, just because I think Tom McLaughlin's such a great director, and if you look at his his filmography, I mean it's all over the place. I mean he's got the start on the Dick Van Dyke Variety Show, right? And so he kind of ha- brings all that in, and you can tell that he's more competent than the porn director before him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because the the editor, you've read Chris Lake Memories. He yeah. was the editor on Part Five too, and he was actually an assistant editor for Spielberg on Jaws, Raiders, uh, wow. and he was offered the full time editor on Friday Thirteenth Part Five, and he turned it down initially. And he told Spielberg about it, and Spielberg said, "If someone offers you to be the editor, you take it." He said, <laughs> "You know, you can't." I don't think that's what he what he said was dumb, dumb. <laughs> No, he he basically says you take it. You know, yeah. if you're offered as instead of being an assistant editor, be the full time editor. Yeah, he said a lot of people cut their teeth on horror films, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. It's a Paramount movie, 
And he said that quote unquote, <laughs> yeah, a negative pickup for him. Yeah. Uh, but he said it was night and day where on the part five, which nobody, well, some people like, I don't know why they're weird. Uh, but he said when he was editing the dailies that, uh, the director there was a scumbag and he made it really uncomfortable for everybody. You mean Danny Steinem, the porn director? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. And God forbid. <laughs> and, but Tom McLaughlin brought this like family atmosphere, you know, where everyone was having fun and he, his is, I think there's maybe like three curse words in the whole movie. Yeah, there's it's pretty light on. There's no nudity. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the violence is implied violence. Uh, he does have some cut scenes, like when there's a cop that gets his head smashed mm-hmm. that they cut down. But it's almost more terrifying when you don't see what happens. Yeah. The edited scene is he keeps on crushing and like boogers and shit fly out of his nose. <gasps> on the one in the movie, Jason crushes his head until like blood splatters on Jason's mask. Which looks pretty good, um, but yeah, it's just it's just well it's well made for a Friday the Thirteenth movie. If I had to guess, the only reason it got really an R rating was because uh, it's Jason. <laughs> oh yeah, well I mean there is some pretty violent stuff in it, but I haven't seen it in a while, so. Uh, but you know, it's it. not it's definitely not like the other Friday the Thirteenths for sure. Right. Mm. Uh, I mean the the most graphic scene, and I think this is why he's so smart is he doesn't really show you what happens. Right. There's a scene so that lady he's stalking while she after she's done checking on the women. She goes back to her cabin and um, like the wind blows the door shut and it keeps on like slamming it. So she goes up to it and like checks it and nothing happens. And then there's a beat and then Jason just bursts through. So he's really cool at building tension. And Jason grabs her, throws her through the window, pulls her back in and the scene ends. Uh, When you go back and see the cabin room, there's blood everywhere and like like skin and stuff all over the place. So you don't really. uh, Oh, there's an Amber Alert or something on my phone. Yeah. They've been doing one all day. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really well-made film. And he's a really smart man. I love listening to him talk. Uh, I also watched uh, this movie called The Girl with All the Gifts. And it's... Oh, cool. It's uh, a horror film, right? Yeah, it's a horror film. It's a film that takes place in the future. Um, it stars uh, Gretel from Hansel and Gretel. Oh, Gemma Arter, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. And in it... Um, the adults is it, is that movie on my top ten movies of all of the time we've been podcasting? I Tune in in two weeks to find <laughs> out. Uh, so it it takes place in the future. It's in London, and it starts off really weird, where these kids are like locked away in cells, and then uh, the army guys come in, put them in wheelchairs, and they wheel them out to this classroom where they're being taught by uh, Gemma Art. What's the fucking last Gemma name? Arterton. Emma Arterton. Yeah. Arterton. Arterton. Um, she's teaching them, and uh, they really don't explain why the kids are strapped down. They uh, they bring them back, and then the next day she's teaching them again, but she's going off the lesson plan. She's teaching them, like, history, and she's supposed to be teaching them something else. And the sergeant comes in, and he uh, gets all pissed off at her. He spits on his arm, and he starts rubbing it, and the kids uh, start, like, turning into zombie kind of things where they... Uh, attack people so it's a it's, they're not even zombies it's, it's a plague that affects only children okay so the adults can get infected by it but it only is like children are born with it oh okay um, and it, it kind of veers into uh, the last of us territory where it's actually a fungus Ooh. that infects people um, and Glenn Close is in it as well uh, it's it's actually a really well done movie. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's actually pretty scary. Cool, because um, they they follow this. The main character so, is this little girl, and uh, she 
like she turns into a zombie every once in a while or I guess whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And eats things and eats people and they have to try to find a way to keep these kids under control. Uh, it, it's it's pretty fascinating. Why is she special? Oh, the, the girl's because she's really smart. Oh, okay. So that's why they, she's the one with all the gifts because she... I was going to ask, did she have all the gifts? So yeah. she is... she. The thing with these kids is they're they're normal kids until they get like a trigger. So it could be a cat. It could be the smell of humans. And the humans wear this like block to keep the smell off of them. But there's also kids that run around London that are like stupid and... Well, I guess stupid is the wrong word is they don't know. Um, they've never been taught anything. So they basic primitive skills. society. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she's really smart. And uh, so she's special, I guess. Cool. But okay. You should see it. It's really good. Awesome. It's really good. Uh, and the last thing I watched is I watched Gulliver's Travels, which oh, no. stars the beautiful Emily Blunt. Oh, I thought you were uh, going to say the beautiful well, Jack. We, we all make choices in life, Ryan. And <laughs> yeah, um, I don't even know what to think of this movie. It's. It's a vehicle for Jack Black to be like kid friendly Jack Black, but like in a Rock Jack Black. but with really bad green screen and CGI, and it and I'm watching it and it's like cut all over the place. I'm like this doesn't make any sense at all, and so I keep on I'm watching I'm watching I'm watching it and I so I just hit the display. It's only like an hour and twenty three minutes long. Oh, I'm like they had to have cut shitloads of out of it. Merciful. Um. But it's anyway, a good cast in it, though. No, no, the cast is amazing. I mean, besides Emily Blunt, Jason Siegel's in it. Uh, T.J. Miller's, T.J. Miller's in it. Amanda Peet is in it. Um, I, can't remember, I can't remember who the Catherine villain. Tate is in it. I can't remember who played the villain, but... Uh, that's uh, Chris O'Dowell. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's full of like great actors. Uh, James oh. Corden. And they're all like worthless. It, there's like... It's like Gulliver's Travel if it was... Written by a lazy person. Well, does anyone care about Gulliver's Travel? No. But, and but, you the, could, but the Blentathon must go on. Yes. So I got past that. And, and she's in it, but she's is not. She, how is she? Is she good? I mean, she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't really do anything. She plays a princess in it. And so she's always like being react. She reacts to yeah, everything. She her doesn't job really... is to be like, oh, he's, he's a giant man. Yeah. But he's got a heart. Yeah, so she has to react, um, and it doesn't make any sense. So he goes there, and he's like vanquishes their enemies because he's so big. And then all of a sudden, there's like billboards like uh, Times Square where it's like Gulliver's Origins, and it looks like Wolverine X Men Wolverine's Origins. It's it's just stupid. And they build him a house really fast, and he has Rock Band there, but the Rock Band's put together by the little people, so they're like uh, Kiss. It's it's dumb. What? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And even like Jack Black, you're like, meh. Yep. I like Jack Black, but. Yeah, I do too, but there are. Man, High Fidelity is a great movie. Yeah, Bernie's a good movie, guys. Yeah. Man, that Tropic is a, Thunder's a great movie. That is a fucking Cosby sweater. A Cosby sweater! <laughs> that's, how I'm, that's how I like my Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> That's why I watched. Cradle the balls, Dude. work the shaft, and swallow the gravy. But, so I got, so I got past <laughs> School of Rock. Travel. It's also really great. Uh, spoiler: It might be the worst Emily Blunt movie. <laughs> Which one again? Gulliver's Travel. Travel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, uh, thought you, I thought you said another. No, uh, not her fault. She's fine in it, oh, but again, she's not given anything. It's couples retreat syndrome. Sometimes mm. you need money. Yeah. yeah. Well, that and too is it's from like 2009 or something. So she's that's yeah, before she's. She, I think she's only in like three movies before that. Yeah. yeah. 
Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah, she's War good in that. Yeah. She's really good in that. She's really great in that. She's only in it for like ten minutes, but she's great. Yeah, that movie's really good. Mm-hmm. I like Tom Hanks. Like Speaking of Tom like, Hanks, yeah. uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw The Circle. That was an awesome segue. Zach, should people go see The Circle? No, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> First of all, you shouldn't have made the wish that I would talk more, because I'm going to talk a bunch today on this movie. Um, I thought it was poorly executed, despite a wonderful cast, um, and I thought that every, at some point I got a headache, and I finally figured out what the headache was caused by. The dialogue. And I don't know why, but Dave Eggers seems to lose me a lot of the time. So, no, I don't think you should go see this movie. James, should people go see The Circle? Yeah, I was pretty bored. Um, No, I I guess. Uh, It's not the worst. Like, it's not some tragedy. uh, But at the same time, like, I genuinely, like, halfway through, I was like, oh, man, antitrust is all right. <laughs> you know, um uh, it's it's interesting how like how much this movie wants to be relevant and how irrelevant it actually ends up feeling. Um so I uh, yeah, I I can't recommend it. So Brad Uh I did not see this movie, but I did see <laughs> Rene Abergenois and Walter Koenig talk last weekend and that was awesome. So <laughs> Well, go see that. You saved ten bucks. Yeah. Uh, no, I think this is the worst movie of the year. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Uh, oh shit! The dialogue is stilted and stupid. Mm-hmm. The the performances. Tom Hanks is good. Tom and Hanks Pat, is great, and, and Pat Oswalt is. I really think good. Emma Watson is good sometimes, like most of the time. I, I would say she is good, except for the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. In, in my, she's good. It's not her fault when yeah. she's bad. Uh, I will say, in my movie theater, when people would say some dialogue, they would laugh because yes. it's so stupid. Yes. Um, this movie. It tries to be smart, and it just comes across as being dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here's a trailer for The Circle. I am a believer in the perfectibility of human beings. At The Circle, we can finally realize our potential. When we are our best selves, there isn't a problem that we cannot solve. We can cure any disease, and we can end hunger. Imagine the human rights implications. The possibilities are endless. Your payment, it was for 7813 and the bill was for 7831. Thank you. You got the job at the circle. <laughs> have a drink, have a good time, and stay excited. You're at the circle. Hello, Hello May. How are you? Jared here. I'll be doing your training. When I first started, it took me a few weeks to really get the hang of it. Believe me, you're doing fine. You should come visit me at work sometime. <laughs> you might think I was there to clean the toilets. Everyone really likes you. Your work's been exemplary, strong ratings, but your absence at several events. Sorry, my dad had an episode and I was home helping out. Uh, Is that related to his MS? I've been looking into your parents' situation and I have an idea. So I was thinking it would make sense for May's folks to come on the Circle Health Plan. I want to say how much I value what you've done for my family. May, you're a valued part of the Circle. We care about everybody you care about. May's only been with us for a few months, but she has made quite an impression. So, May, do you think you behave better or worse when you are being watched? We have cameras in place all over the world right now. Watching you. We used to go on adventures. We used to have fun and see things, and now it's all filtered through this. Does this really seem okay to you? Watching you. I didn't create this. This is not what I had in mind. Watching you. 
things at the circle, they need to change. Everything recorded, seen, broadcast, restored, and analyzed here. They can use it however they see fit, no matter what it's cost. Knowing is good, but knowing everything is better. So, mate, is there anything you want to tell us? So to be clear, this is the story about a woman who lives with her parents in North Dakota. Bill and Paxton was great, by Bill the way. Bill Paxton is fucking awesome. Yep. Uh, she lives with her parents in North Dakota, then kayaks across to San Francisco for work <laughs> <laughs> daily. Um, I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, like when she's at her parents' house, it looks like she's in the middle of the Midwest. Yeah. She does not look like Napa uh, County. Well, anything that's Northern like, California. Like I know, North, but, North, yeah. Northeast is kind of like that. It's. Yeah. Uh, but she does like we were talking in the car like I don't know where she lives like when she moves out of her parents house and then like until she suddenly arrives on the set of the passengers when she's like you know on Justin TV which that's the like when she's transparent I kept waiting for the movie to start like this was so obviously going to be antitrust right like okay like she gets this job and she's working at Facebook and Facebook is gonna end up being I mean it's not Facebook but it's Facebook and (laughs) Uh, and like Facebook is going to take over the world and ruin everything. And, uh, you know, everybody having your information is scary, which is a relevant conversation. Like yep. it's a great idea for a conspiracy movie. That's the disappointment on all this really. But like it just kept not start. Like you kept waiting for John Boyega to show up and be like, Hey, I got some shit off a server somewhere, and there's some dark shit going on, and there's heroin. Starting my own underground group. Yeah, like there's heroin in the internet pipes, or like there's just <laughs> something. Like I kept waiting for something to happen. I don't know why John Boyega is there. Why is I he know, there? He just stands in the background. Right. Like, I know this is going to go bad. Then tell someone so the movie can start. <laughs> well, the thing that drives me crazy, too, is her friend Mercer. Oh my goodness! Where he's, he's oh, boy. oh, you mean Boyhood? Yeah, 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 Boyhood. Is that the Boyhood guy? Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, it's the Boyhood guy. I don't know who he is. But here's the thing on him, and like the only redeeming part of this film for me was the cast and their attempts to make sense of this crappy dialogue. Not so bad. But uh, Eller Coltrane, I think that he needs. I, I I think he can be a good actor, but I don't think he's had enough experience yet outside yeah. of working with Richard Linklater for twelve years. And the, well, no, because they even that scene where. So in the, in the worst movie, scene in the movie, she posts a picture of his deer antler chandelier that he makes, <laughs> and so he meets. Which I her. didn't realize was a lucrative business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's such an artist. It's the it's the best chandelier ever. So he goes to her work, He's saying so how because she posted that on the circle, it Mer- made his Mercer, life. Mercer, Mercer go go cut some wood, Mercer. Yeah, a line in the movie is Mercer go cut some wood. But he's also saying, people are going around saying. I'm a deer killer. I don't kill deer. Why don't you kill more deer? (laughs) Don't kill more deer, Mercer. Call Mercer. (laughs) And that's the worst scene in the movie because he just suddenly shows up and he's like, "I just can't do this with you. You guys aren't dating. You seem to be barely even friends." She calls you and uses you for free automotive work. Why are you even in this movie? And he's like, so bad in it. And then what was there's was, actually I thought the one 
The one scene I did like is, I don't know, it's like her third or fourth day when the people from, like, tech support came by. They said, you're not connected. Oh, yeah, that was oh, creepy that and was weird. Creepy. That, was that was creepy, creepy and weird, and yeah. Cool. I was hoping they'd be, like, androids or something. Oh, <laughs> yes! <laughs> you know? Oh. And it's it just the whole thing is just so ham-fisted and obnoxious. The dialogue is so stupid. Why is Patton Oswalt there? What yeah. does his character do? He's a CEO. CEO. COO. Yeah. Did you read that CNN like byline really quick? No, I saw I saw it. Well, and then there's this whole subplot about He's like, there to also give a really good monologue for the first person who's going to be transparent. Yeah. And right. um, so so they do that, right? Where they're like, "Oh, this this uh, congresswoman or whatever is going to be completely transparent." And you're like, oh, "Okay, here's where the movie's going." And then that has zero relevance because yep. then the movie becomes Emma Watson becomes transparent. And then it's just Justin TV, which, just in case anyone doesn't know, happened 15 years ago. Justin TV isn't interesting. No one cares about you streaming your life online anymore. Like, that's not this huge, like, oh, man, how controversial her whole life is on is on the Internet. And too, even it, when she poops. Like, well, there's, <laughs> you're right. And so you can, the Congresswoman's line uh, storyline begins and stops. And then they have, like, Kieran Gillian's like Oof. arc, she's like this really important person, and all of a sudden she's like all haggard and yeah, can't she's do just like having a mental breakdown, and you're like, oh, okay. But they didn't show her how she got there because you think like, oh, she learned whatever John Boyega is gonna reveal, and she's gonna she's gonna That's learn where like I thought it was going. oh we're building spider slayers and we're gonna kill Spider Man like <laughs> whatever it is you expect that someone knows something about this company. And that that's going to be revealed, and Emma Watson <laughs> is going to have to Ryan Phillippe this thing. Yeah. I really thought the ending was going to be, we built a Terminator. Yeah, like, just <laughs> See, that's anything. <laughs> right, like, we turned it on, and now we know everything, and then there's a reason why that's bad. But, there's again, not. there's not. It's it's a moral lesson. But this but is a, the thing. But a confusing one, because I don't know what the moral is. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the movie. It's supposed to be dystopic. But it doesn't work. Is it? I think so because that last shot where they're zooming out on everything being monitored, but by but, drones. But she's like revealing everything. Uh, she she basically like posts their their to me it felt to stop it. personal emails, and so then like now there's now there's drones everywhere. Because everybody's got to be held accountable, I guess. I I, I don't know. This the movie's We're message fun. is, but just... that's in conflict with the hey, if you know everything, then Boyhood's gonna drive his truck off a bridge, which is the worst CG shot. Oh, yeah. since the end of a of Air Force One, like <laughs> I, it's so bad. And there was no such thing as CGI. Yeah, really? right. <laughs> like, which by the way, if you don't remember, go back and watch the last shot of Air Force oh, yeah, One where bad. Air Force One hits the water. Holy shit! You think it's from like like you know a, like a, a training demo. documentary? <laughs> yeah, um, Microsoft but, Flight Simulator. So, but Brad Wolfgang, what do you think? Like, good, great. Put in the movie. We're not done. I don't care. Put in the movie. So <laughs> in this movie, Brad uh, Boyhood. Gets like all of a sudden these all these people show up because they're trying to find Boyhood. They're like, "Oh, we gotta find Mercer." So all these like, I just like that you're saying we're trying to find Boyhood. <laughs> so all these weird people show up at Boyhood's like <laughs> cabin, and they're like, they got their phones and they're like, "Mercer, are you in there?" What? And Mercer runs out and he gets in his truck and he's driving. He's like, "Why are there all these people after me? I don't know what's going on." And he dri- he's driving, and then there's like there's some drones. 
And they've got cameras on him. They're following. Just tell me they'll like fly into his windshield like a bunch of birds. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, one of the drones like swoops down and it scares him, and he makes a ninety degree turn, and the in the worst CG shot ever, just. 90 degree turn and shoots his, his truck off the cliff. And then, remember in the, in the third Lord of the Rings movie <laughs> when, when, when Frodo's on the side of the mountain and, and it just goes black and you think, oh, maybe this is the end of the movie. Like, and it just sits there in darkness for a while. And you think, maybe they're going to actually roll credits. They do that. <laughs> where you just sit there and you're like, why are what that wasn't that impactful that you earned like you know four or five seconds you don't care about right go kill some deer mercer (laughs) kill some more deer and i'm like what is happening he's trying to live off the grid yeah like they all really want her to call mercer because like they feel bad or whatever because like at some this is this person that makes her sad because they all follow her why don't, don't these people have jobs at some point this movie was so boring to me that i started reading the actual text they were sending emma oh, watson and hoping there was a story there <laughs> I, did the, I was doing the same thing <laughs> i read all of like i was so excited like to i want to know them. which one of these has a creeper crush on emma watson <laughs> oh yeah and they were there i know yeah, yeah they were. like Oh, She's cute. But, my goodness. Yeah, but you're not a creeper. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, well, like... Well, debatable, I guess. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Holy shit. This... this I, Tom Hanks real good, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. 15 minutes in the movie? Yeah. But he, he yeah. like, carries oh, his 15. scenes. Because <laughs> yeah, when he came in for the first scene, I'm like, oh, he's cool. Yeah. And then it's like 30 minutes, I'm like, where's, where's, where's Tom Hanks? <laughs> where's, uh, I was like, uh, where's, where's the conflict? Yeah. When, when's she gonna find out her nice job just sucks? What happened to Star Wars? How Can come we talk the, about Star Wars? How <laughs> come the super like uh, rich John Boyega character drinks the shittiest white wine? He, does he? Then he keeps it in a bush. Is it Yellowtail or Cupcake? <laughs> it's Cupcake. Okay. He's yeah. drinking shitty white cupcake wine. He keeps it in a bush. That's not chilled. That's not how you serve shitty cupcake wine. He's trying to be ironic. Oh, <laughs> my goodness, the guy can't. Spend thirteen dollars on a bottle of white wine, sheesh. Or at least Coppola wine. Yeah, like Coppola wine's expensive. It's also kind of shitty. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I was pretty flabbergasted and kind yeah. of frustrated because it was also pretty long. It, like it felt so long, especially like an hour and forty minutes. Especially it, since the director of this film did the end of the tour and the spectacular now. Oh, those are good movies. Yeah, I know. They're very good movies. This movie's garbage. I don't know what happened, unless it was possibly the company that made it. It's called EuropaCore, and they are the homes of Luc Besson and Olivier Megaton, who s- never cease to piss me off. I know when you see uh, trailers for Valerian, I'm like, mm, it has flop written all over it. Yes, yeah, it does. Exactly. Not that I mean, not that I don't. I think like, it looks, I, I think I'm it looks really curious about it, I think but it it's one cool. of those movies that. No way it's going to connect yeah. with people. Oh, and it yeah. looks way we, too expensive. Yes. It's the most expensive French film ever made. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, next week, we'll finally see something good. Awesome Mix Volume 2. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I thought we were seeing your name, period. Hey, you can see that. I don't give a <laughs> shit what you're seeing. Um, it's, it's obviously, they've because they have so much faith in it, they've already put out reviews for it. It's getting good reviews. Yeah. So, I expect nothing less from Marvel. And James Gunn. And James Gunn. Man. I'd be more shocked when Wonder Woman's good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Gal Gadot did, uh, did reshoots we... when she was five months pregnant. Yeah, I read that yeah. today. Good for her. We yeah. didn't talk about it in news, but 
apparently there's no marketing for this for Wonder Woman at all. <laughs> I saw her on the side of like Dr. Pepper when I was in the store the other day. <laughs> I thought yeah. I read something where they're spending the most money, like more than Suicide Squad money on, on marketing. Really? Because mm-hmm. there was an article that said, like, where's all the Wonder Woman advertising? Mm, that sounds more like an opinion than. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she is really pretty, though, man. I mean, I'm fine with them not marketing that much. Uh, the more they market it, the more I'm reminded about that movie. Again, all you got to do is play the Wonder Woman theme from the 70s oh, under man. the trailer, and it, everybody will go. Is your wife excited? I really hope it's good. Wonder yes, Woman! Yes, she is, but. Laura likes Wonder Woman. Has never read or knows anything about Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah, she likes the iconography yeah. of it. Which I appreciate, but this is the opportunity for them to make a badass movie where people who really like the icon- iconography of Wonder Woman could be like, oh man, I really love Wonder Woman in a Captain America style way. And uh, I mean, she I really looks ho- great. I, I really think she looks like Wonder Woman. I really hope it's great. I'm just so afraid. We have it. We, have, we do know somebody who has seen it. Yeah, but he saw, saw a rough ver- cut. He did see a real, yeah, yeah no, a version. I agreed, but but I saw the trailer and man, she looks stupid. Why is one woman dumb? She's anyway, an outsider. She's been Ka- civilization. Ka- she's she's fucking crocodile Dundee. A door. I've never seen that a door tr- before. That is a tr- that is a trailer remix that needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> she's like. <laughs> Bidet? What's a bidet? Is it for cleaning my sword? Anyways, I'm excited for Guardians. Yeah, yeah me too. too. I have nothing else to do today. I might go get the soundtrack. Ooh, oh, that's a good idea. I'm personally excited for Crocodile Thumbdee of the Mascara. Just saying. Box uh, office gold, Warner Brothers, call me. What's Paul yeah. Logan doing? He, he he needs to make another movie. Mm, no, he doesn't. To the how this get made of Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Oh, I've you'll seen know it. exactly what's going on with him. It's great. <laughs> Is it like a big spoiler? No. Oh, okay. It's just like... Because I probably he, could just go to people made... behind the scenes talk uh, some horror stories about working with him. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> an asshole? Yeah. yeah. Crocodile Dundee's an asshole? Fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you want to see a real good Crocodile movie, see the Crocodile Hunter movie. Collision, yeah. course. Collision course. Yeah, no, it's great. It's it I love that yeah. movie. It it yeah. it it's it was strange when I was a kid because I thought that Steve Irwin was gonna have like lines and dialogue, but they no no, <laughs> no they, they built a movie around his TV show. Yeah, yeah it was did. awesome. And, and and weird <laughs> took- and weird scenes where he's. Doing stunts on top of a truck that's moving. Yeah. It's like they they took like the deleted scenes from Kangaroo Jack and <laughs> and shaped them around an episode or two. A super of charismatic and, dude. I are you love talking that about? Are you talking about greatest film ever made? Kangaroo Car- Jack. <laughs> I, I I love I love Collision Course. Well, I love Crocodile Hunter. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, me too. But I think the movie's great. You know yeah. that's you know the first time you see Steve Irwin in the uh, in the movie where he's going like woo. Yeah. Uh, my sister and I used to put that on 15 second repeat and just laugh our asses off uh, so cool good. fact about Steve Irwin he didn't take salary for that movie he donated all his salary to help preserve wildlife in Australia awesome yeah what did Paul, Paul Hogan do probably blow mm-hmm. <laughs> blow wow, who crikey <laughs> yeah yep, see you next week yeah see you do, do you guys want to hear my stories from Starfest oh that's yeah. right oh. bonus segment <laughs> um so Wait, wait, we haven't answered yet. No, yet. okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll go wait. ahead, go ahead, Brad. You ready? Yeah. Uh, so I went to watch Rene Abergenois talk. He played Odo in Deep Space Nine. And I'm Dope. thinking, cool, I'm going to hear a bunch of stories about his time on uh, Deep Space Nine. 
and it was mostly stories about him working on uh, voicing Chef Louis in The Little Mermaid. Oh. Huh. Um, huh. So, like, all these little girls would come up and, yeah, can you tell me about what it was like uh, being in The Little Mermaid? And after too many of them, he finally uh, decided, all right, and got up and then just sang the song that he sings. Oh. <laughs> la poisson, la poisson. <laughs> yep, just like that. <laughs> That's so that was the fun. fish in French. And then the other one was uh, Walter Canyon, who played Chekhov in the original uh, Star Trek cast. Um, he was talking. Someone asked I've, him. About, I've met him. I hosted his panel a few years ago. Oh, you did? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he is. Did um, you get him to say nuclear wessel? No, no. I, I didn't want to be an asshole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Like he, he kept making jokes about how he, uh, you know, is getting old and everything. But he was really pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, remembering, like, yeah, he, he like he joked he wouldn't be able to remember stuff. But uh, the best thing he remembered was someone asked him about, well, like. Were there any fun stories from working on Star Trek Four, The Voyage Home? And he's like, my favorite one is um, me, James Doohan, and George Takei are walking down the street in San Francisco. I think we're trying to find the the, uh, the transparent mic- aluminum yeah. factory or whatever. Um, and th- there's this bar that we keep having to, because we have to keep redoing the scene. Uh, so we have to circle back. And we just keep crossing in front of this bar. And it's about 11 in the morning. And there's this old woman sitting at the bar, just watching us through the window <laughs> over and over again. And then finally on like the fourth or fifth take, um, you know, George Takei walks, George Takei walks by the window. Um, and the, like the lady's kind of like waving at him like, Hey, how's it going? And then finally on the, like the sixth or seventh try, he passes the window and he looks in and the woman like lifts up her shirt. <laughs> and George Takei goes, Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrell for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.